Hello, everyone. Coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Our mental, physical, spiritual, and social habits are certainly work life related. We'll explore how creating an awareness of our thoughts and behaviors can empower and inspire us to accomplish almost anything we direct our attention to. Let's dive deep into the dirt and examine what research, resources, and real-life success stories from everyday folks can teach us as we grow through the day-to-day challenges. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Today, my topic is on the fact that we often find ourselves making excuses that it's hard to maintain a healthy lifestyle. And honestly, Sometimes I find myself in that same space where I'm making excuses and I'm not prioritizing my health. I'm too busy and not being mindful of how I'm spending my day, whether I'm prioritizing my sleep, what I'm eating, moving my body, staying hydrated, practicing gratitude, maintaining positive relationships, and just being mindful of the day, of my emotions, whether I'm consuming caffeine, And maybe not staying on track with my obligations because I get distracted. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed over the past year that I found myself in that space. I think obviously the pandemic has had a lot to do with it. Many of us had to navigate life in a very different way. And two years in, for me, I don't know about for you, I find that I'm still not exactly on a path where I'm maintaining my health the way I was doing so previously. And we all know it's really easy to make excuses, but at some point there may be a life event that will stop us in our tracks and then we're going to have to make some changes. Um, And I'm mindful of that. And this year I'm really making a commitment to prioritize my health and encouraging my team to do the same and those folks in my community. And for those listening that are really successful, you know, in terms of work life and financial well-being, know that while that go, go, go attitude of work and staying on task because of responsibilities we have in the workplace, know that at some point your body if you're not taking care of your vessel, is going to stop you in your tracks and you're going to have potentially a health crisis. When we look at literature today showing what's happening to our population, particularly in the United States, but on a global level, we are the most unhealthy we've ever been. And we can all speculate on why. And I've talked about my thoughts about this on the podcast. But the main message today that I want to communicate to you is you're not too busy. It's up to you to prioritize you first. But we're not taught to put ourselves first. We're taught to put all these other obligations first. And that's just society's teachings. But there are little things that we can do that don't take a lot of time that encompass taking ourselves first. And that's what I'm going to kind of talk about today. Just briefly give you some things to think about, to ponder over, and to do a little self-assessment as to where you are with your lifestyle habits 
and maybe there's some changes you need to implement for your health and well-being so you can start each day in a way that you feel successful while maintaining your health and practicing self-care. So the first thing to think about and consider is your morning routine. And I know people talk about this a lot and some people will discount it, but there's plenty of research showing how important that wake up routine is to the quality of your life, particularly if you're someone who has anxiety or depression. It's really, really important in the morning to have some time to practice self-care and not wake up jumping and turning the TV on and listening to the news or grabbing the phone and checking emails. We know that doesn't help with anxiety because that just increases our cortisol and adrenaline levels, which are already highest in the morning upon waking. So that doesn't do anything to help our anxiety. So I encourage you, if you don't do so already, is create a morning routine. What does that look like? I would say give yourself at least a half hour. 30 minutes of you time. There's all different science on what the time frame is, but just picture this, getting up in the morning, getting a glass of water, making your bed, stepping outside, looking at the sunrise if you can, or just walking around, just feeling the air on your skin, noticing the temperature, looking around at whatever landscape is right in front of you, slowly allowing your body to wake up is really, really important and it sets you up for the rest of your day. Just taking a walk if you can, breathing, moving your body, it allows you to start your day in a way where your health is fostered because you've created a healthful routine for yourself. If you're a person who has a lot of anxiety in the morning, I would encourage you to skip the caffeine first thing in the morning. Wait about an hour or two before you're tapping into that space because we know the caffeine can stay in our bodies up to 48 hours and it just creates more anxiety in the body. So possibly avoiding caffeine and and slowly disconnecting with caffeine altogether might be important for you. Each one of us is different in how we metabolize caffeine. So if you're noticed you're a person that's really anxious in the morning, I encourage you to develop a healthful routine and leave the caffeine because we know that caffeine crosses the blood-brain barrier really, really quickly. So if you're already ramped up, I'm feeling anxiety, that's really not gonna help you. And that's gonna lead to some stressful feelings throughout the day. So think about that. Think about your morning routine. Maybe it's, you know, you take a shower or take a stroll, walk the dog, tend to a garden, or just sit outside and practice gratitude for another day where you get to be. The next thing, which is kind of the opposite of that, is make sure you've established some type of wind down routine, an evening routine. How many times, think about it, are you tapped into work until the last minute and then you're so exhausted you just shut the computer, you turn the phone off and you just collapse in bed. That really has not helped your body because you've left a lot of anxiety and emotion trapped within you having that wind down routine where you're able to allow your body to 
slowly prepare for sleep is really, really important. And you could do some of the same things that you do in the morning at night, even even journaling or trying yoga nidra or something, uh, watching a sunset, reading a book, turning the lights down, taking a warm shower, cooking a meal with your family, you know, tending to a garden, going for a slow stroll, watching that sun set slows the body down so that you're able to have a more restorative sleep, more restorative sleep patterns we know are really important to our cognitive functioning, regeneration of healthy cells. That's where we learn information. Information is stored into our brain. When we're sleeping, then we know that that's where our body detoxes its brain, our body, all our cells, and just is really, really helpful for restorative well-being. So that wind down routine really, really can be helpful so that when you wake up, you're less anxious and you have that morning routine so that you can go into the day in a more helpful way and not running on those anxiety kind of feelings. The next thing, which is really important, and we all know this exercise, moving our body during the day is super important. I'm not talking about going to a gym squatting heavy weights, running as fast as we can for as long as we can till we feel fatigued. I'm talking about movement throughout the day, even just getting the bare minimum if we're not somebody that exercises regularly is super important. So for those of you that don't like exercising, I encourage you to just throw the word out. Think about movement therapy, movement. It releases tension trapped and stored in the body. It, believe it or not, will elevate your mood, helps you sleep better, increases your self-confidence, your self-esteem. Aerobic exercise particularly is really, really important. So going for a vigorous stroll, riding a bike, doing some wall squats, body weight exercises. These things are really, really helpful to our longevity. So when you hear the word exercise and you cringe, Understand that your biology wants you to move and when you move, you're going to feel better. Dance, do something that you enjoy. Stretch, yoga, and then notice the difference in your life. Fit it in. Five minutes here, five minutes there. Try to get in 20 minutes if you can and then slowly start to build up and increase different activities that you're doing. Start with some basic exercises that you can do like walking. Then maybe add some weights if you want to, to get the strength component in. Some stretching. Shoot, swing on a swing. I did that last weekend with my husband. We had such a good time. And I, oh my goodness, our heart rates were, went for a bike ride to the park and we swung on swings. Um, Do something that moves the blood flow, that energizes your body, and then notice how you feel. Movement is key. And if you're not moving every day, notice how you feel. You probably have a lot of fatigue. You mentally probably have some brain fog. Maybe certain times, particularly in the afternoon, you just don't feel as well. The less we move, the less energy we tend to feel that we have. And trust me, if you're a person that exercises regularly or moves regularly, and then something happens that you can't and you become the so-called couch potato, you'll notice, oh, you feel exhausted. I feel empathy for those of you who haven't been exercised because when you don't, it really is hard to begin because your body just 
isn't used to it, but I promise with time, your body will thrive. The next thing I would say, if you find that um, you're very anxious throughout the day and your mind is wandering and you're having a hard time staying on task, is do an analysis of what you're consuming with media, social media on the news, newspapers, gossip or whatever. Pay attention of the information that you're taking in to your brain. We're really good at getting hijacked during the day, so shut off any notifications if you need to so you're not being distracted by external stimuli because that really can zap a lot of our energy and then we have a hard time staying on task. And when you do engage in any type of media, be very mindful of what you're paying attention to what programs you're watching, what news channels you're listening to. And try to read or engage in media that's elevating your mood, elevating your awareness, um, and helping you live in a way where you're more mindful of what you're doing. You know, look, read quality books, audio books, watch documentaries, maybe listen to a podcast or, or a learning experience online where you're listening to a lecture or learning how to cook a meal or, or engage in a fun hobby. Our biology, our brains are not designed to watch tons and tons of media so that overconsumption can again bring about a stress response within our body and get our adrenal glands overactive and that isn't really helpful. So maybe watching meditation or something that's very calming can help and just try to consume more upbeat media while still being aware of what's going on in the world and that can be kind of hard. Another thing to pay attention to is your parasympathetic nervous system responses. That's how you're able to relax your mind and your body in the midst of whatever's going on. So if you notice you're getting ramped up, anxious, you know, try some grounding exercises that really can be helpful and make you feel better. Meditation can be really helpful. Doesn't mean you have to get into like a lotus position, but just notice when you're starting to feel anxious that you know, your heart rate starts to increase, maybe you get sweaty, you start to have a headache, you start to feel like you're anxious and your emotions are getting out of control. Just take a breath. Take a deep breath. Maybe excuse yourself from the situation. Get up, move away, go for a walk around the block. Go outside, look at the sky. Practice some thankfulness. Try to practice some gratitude for the things that you've done so far today. The little wins. Set some boundaries. So when you know you feel that change in your body, hey, I gotta step away for a minute. Be very intentional. Move your body in a way that you allow your body to calm down. It's amazing what we can do to change our sympathetic nervous system in a way that's helpful, in a way that we can calm it down and not become overstressed and then burn out. So spending time getting to know your body and how it's responding during the day through mindfulness practices is really helpful. The next thing that I'm sure we all can relate to is the struggle of maintaining healthy sleeping habits. We know through all the research out there today how important sleep is to recovery and repair. Most of our body's recovery responses are actually happening when we sleep, including the brain. And with that in mind, it's really important to prioritize our sleep. If you haven't read Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, I encourage you to read it. 
It changed the way I thought about sleep, how I prioritize sleep, have encouraged others to do so, and even encourage others to participate in sleep studies to see if maybe they're having some issues sleeping so that they're allowing their bodies to heal and restore during the evening to help prevent cognitive decline. There's so much research on how important sleep is to sustain our well-being. That's where the learning happens. That's where the cellular repair happens. That's where our brain removes the toxins. That's where our memories are created. That's where we actually learn information from the day before. It's so, so important, not to mention, you know, that's where all the cellular repair happens from our bones, our muscle tissues, our nervous system, our endocrine system, our cardiovascular system, all of our systems. Our body is a wonderland. Our body is a universe within a universe within a universe. And maintaining healthy sleeping habits is really important for health and longevity. Another important component of health and well-being is spending time in nature. There's plenty of research supporting this, how important it is to be grounded outside, how important it is to step outside the walls that we're mostly working in, taking our shoes off, laying in the grass, looking at a tree, looking at the sky, taking in the fractals out there, letting the sun shine in our eyes, feeling the air on our skin. There's so much data showing how important it is to spend time outside, particularly in green spaces, to reduce the levels of stress hormones like cortisol. And when we do so, we'll notice, and I encourage you to try this, notice how your heart rate slows down. Notice how your blood pressure slows down. Notice how maybe some of the anxiety is lifted. Notice how those big problems that we create in our heads soften. They feel less threatening. And there's plenty of research showing how that time in nature lowers our cholesterol, the unhelpful cholesterol, the good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, right? Lowers our risks of having heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and all cause mortality deaths related to heart disease. There's so much amazing research that shows that for women, particularly when they're pregnant, how important it is to fetal development of being outside. Nature is good for the mind, body, and soul. It does wonders for our well-being and it's free. I encourage you, if you don't do so already, visit a park, go for a walk outside, grow a plant, nurture it. Stop, look, and listen to the different cues, the different sensations that you experience outside. If you follow me on LinkedIn, I do a lot of videos outside where I showcase the beautiful environment that I'm fortunate and blessed to experience here in Arizona. I usually do some jibber-jabbering too and there's usually some type of content with those videos. Our environment, whether we just move to where we're sitting by a window, really can change our biology in a helpful way. So if you don't feel connected with nature and you don't really factor that into your day, I encourage you, five minutes. And then notice, notice the difference in how you feel how you manage your day, how your energy level changes. You know, if you're over anxious all the time, maybe you're calmer. And then keep it, keep at that habit, keep visiting nature. Another thing super important to think about each day are the people that we hang around with, those relationships, our family, our friends, our coworkers. And sometimes those relationships can be distracting, but allowing ourselves 
to spend time with friends, family, co-workers, or even pets that support our well-being is really important for our social interaction. And there's plenty of research that shows how important high-level energy relationships are to longevity. If you look at the different work from Dan Butner with the Blue Zones, which I've talked about before, quality of our relationships is super key. I say that knowing that sometimes we have to have interactions with people that maybe aren't of the most helpful energy, but limit them as much as you can. Put barriers there and then surround yourself with people that lift you up, that make you feel good, that support you, that want to see you be successful, that are your best cheerleader, that have your back. That is so important. Social isolation means premature death. Reach out to someone, a confidant. If need be, a counselor. There's no shame in seeking support. So if you're a person that you find that you're working remotely and you're by yourself a lot, I encourage you, reevaluate. Maybe practice a little exposure therapy on yourself and go out somewhere and say hello to someone in the grocery line or at a coffee shop. Just say hello. Notice how you feel and try to do that intentionally each day and then continue to support your well-being by surrounding and spending some time with helpful human connections and even with plants, animals, and pets. The next thing I want to talk about is slowing down. And maybe that means saying no. And my younger self, this was not a part of my vocabulary. It wasn't until I was in my 40s where I started to be mindful of slowing down and how important that is. There's so much research out there supporting the need to slow down. If you think of our biology and how we evolved as beings, we would have that big picture where we're out and about and kind of gazing around the horizon, taking in all of the land, surveying the land to sustain our well-being. And then we'd zone in to a smaller aspect of where we were when we're looking and searching for food or shelter or having conversations with those folks in our community. And then we focus big picture again, stop, look up and around, scan our environment again because of necessity to stay alive and stay safe. And then come back to present, a smaller, focused, concentrated area. When we do that, switch back and forth. In essence, we're able to slow our bodies down a little bit. We step away, take a break, change our focus. The importance of this is because our brain is overstimulated today. We have too many things pinging at it constantly. Ping, ping, notifications. Oh, noise in the background from a TV. Our mind racing because of something we noticed on the news. Taking time to slow down, step away, big picture, and then focus in really can help us. That's where meditation can be really, really helpful. Just taking a minute in between, switching, big picture, little picture. I would say every 55 minutes, after focusing on something small, detailed, where you're looking and not being distracted by external environmental influences, step away for five minutes, big picture. That's where you take that walk. That's where you get up, you stretch. That's where you maybe you hydrate yourself. You have a healthy snack. You maybe text someone you love or call a friend and then come back. It's amazing how that can help you reduce stress and anxiety. Another thing I think we sometimes forget, and I'm definitely guilty of this, oh, is the importance of staying hydrated. So let's see, it's 
3 p.m. right now. Today I've drank about 16 ounces of water. Not enough. We know that our bodies are composed of anywhere between 45 and 75 percent water depending on each one of us and how much we stay hydrated but on average about 60 percent of our bodies composed of water. Our brain and our hearts, our lungs, our skin, our muscles and our kidneys and even our bones. Every cell in our body simply put is fueled by water. We are not going to be able to operate effectively if we're not drinking. We're not going to be able to deter illness if we're not staying hydrated. It's so important that we nourish our body with water. Everybody has different ideas on what type of water consumption is important. I say as long as you're drinking water and getting micro macronutrients and maintaining a healthy gut bacteria, you're probably doing well. This is where labs are important. Get your blood checked. See where you are lacking in nutrients. But I encourage you, make sure during the day you're staying hydrated. Part of my wind down routine at night is filling a glass with 32 ounces of water that sits on my nightstand. The first thing in the morning, I has a little bit of pink sea salt in there, a little squirt of lemon juice. First thing I drink in the morning when I get up is that water as I'm making my bed. That's a part of my morning routine before I even step out of the bedroom. Stretch, move my body, drink my water, stay hydrated. So super important to the quality of your life. Notice, notice how you feel when you're dehydrated. It's hard to concentrate. Maybe you get headaches, you're irritable. You're not able to retain information. You're reading whatever you're supposed to be doing. You can't focus, your mind's distracted. Hydrate your cells, your mind, body, and spirits will thank you. And with that, it's also to maintain healthy eating habits that support a healthy gut. We know how important it is to eat macronutrients and micronutrient dense foods, eating the color of the rainbow, trying to absorb healthy protein is really important. I'm not going to get into all the nutrition here with you, but you know, do an assessment of what you're eating. Are you eating mostly plant-based food with healthy grass-fed sources of protein? If you eat protein from meat sources, are we taking in fermented foods? Are we limiting our intake of sugar and processed foods? We know that the gut is considered the second brain. The more naturally we eat, the more healthy we're going to be. We are what we eat. There's something to be said about that. There's also something to be said about intermittent fasting, which I'm going to do a whole podcast on. I've talked about intermittent fasting with my team. We've done some wellness webinars on this and happy to say we're seeing some success, but there's a lot of research out there showing how intermittent fasting helps prevent the decline of premature aging for all cells within our body and even has been linked to preventing cancer and certain diseases and reversing aging in some instances. But what's most important to know is we're all different. We all need to be our own experiment and listen to our body and the cues that it's providing us, making sure we're getting our blood work done, knowing where we are on a health continuum so that we can eat in a way that's fostering health and well-being for us at different stages of our life. Because at different stages, we're gonna have different needs and it's important to be sure that we're making informed decisions about the quality of our foods based upon our needs, our health issues and whatever. If you find that you're a person that you're maybe not making the most helpful choices when it comes to foods or maybe you're in a situation that you can't for whatever reason, I encourage you to talk to your physician. 
see what's best for you and, and seek supplementation if need be. Best for you to talk to your doctor about that based upon your lab results and find out what supplements will help support your health and well-being. So I hope that you've done a little self-analysis on some helpful things that I think we all can agree are kinda easy to do and will have huge results on our well-being and make us happier and healthier for the long haul. But it's also really easy to put ourselves last. And if you find that you do that, give yourself a break, it's okay. Different responsibilities in life happen and sometimes we put ourselves last. But know that one month, one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the line, those habits that we're practicing now are seriously gonna impact how well we're living in the long haul. Huge, huge results in our health and well-being years from now are gonna be determined upon the decisions that we're making today. What can you do? One thing today to improve your well-being. Action item, assess it. Think about one thing that you can do that your mind, body, and soul will thank you one year from now for doing, for practicing regularly. Hmm, maybe it's trying that journaling so that at night so you can fall asleep. Maybe it's cutting out the caffeine because you're so revved up and exhausted at the end of the day. Maybe that's a solution for you. Maybe it's getting up off your butt more because you notice like your back is killing you. You're stressed out. You feel weak when you stand up, achy. Maybe it's, oh, I'm gonna try drinking some more water because I'm noticing I'm thirsty right now. Maybe I'm gonna notice when I get anxious at work and I'm revved up because someone said something to me and I'm gonna maybe respond in an unhelpful way. I'm gonna just excuse myself for a minute. I'm gonna be okay with saying no if I'm asked to do something and I'm already strapped out and I'm spending 15 hours a day doing my regular job and now I have something else dumped on me. I'm gonna ask for help. I'm gonna ask for support. Maybe I'm noticing oh, I'm waking up five, six times in the middle of the night or my partner saying I'm snoring. Maybe I'm gonna go get checked. Maybe I'm noticing that I literally sit all day. I go from the bed to the chair, maybe to the kitchen and back to the chair. I'm gonna step outside today, even if it's freezing, it's cold, and I'm just gonna enjoy the outdoor environment. Maybe I'm gonna call a friend if I'm feeling anxious or uncertain or not capable. Maybe I'm gonna text someone I know that may be feeling like I do and say, hey, thinking about you, hope you're having a great day. Let's connect soon. Maybe I'm gonna turn off the notifications on my phone. Maybe I'm gonna stop using social media altogether. Maybe I'm not gonna watch the news. I'm gonna go somewhere else. I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna talk to a neighbor. What can you do today to improve the quality of your life tomorrow, next year, next decade, decade after that? Make time for you. Your mind, body, and soul will thank you. I wish you all the best. Be kind, be good to you. Reach out to a friend and remember that life is a blessing. Each one of us are going through a different journey and enjoying the process of getting through whatever challenges we have and trying to appreciate those growing experiences can really do a lot for our health and longevity. Thanks for joining everyone. Be well. 
That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Make sure you check out all the other episodes and the show notes for links to any articles, resources, or for more information about guest reference on the episode. I appreciate your time and I ask you to send any feedback to worklife 360 podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Freight 360 for your continued support.